0: Guys, welcome to the third episode of Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm Jake. And today we are talking about MKUltra. Now, if you guys listened to our last episode on Operation Paperclip, this is going to kind of pick up
1: on that one. It'll play into it a little bit. Yeah, they they really flow into each other really well. You can kind of think about it as like a two-parter type deal. Right.
0: Let's start talking. uh, Let's get a little details on this. So, Project MK ultra was an illegal human experimentation program It was designed and undertaken by the CIA this is when the CIA was first made and its intention was to develop procedures and Identify drugs that can be used in interrogations Um, this would be like a truth serum and They would also wanted to brainwash um, individuals and find different ways of psychological torture. The project started in
1: 1953 and ran until 1973. Yeah. It's a... I'm excited to keep going through this. Just, like, the CIA, like, they just started, like, how we... What we went over in our last episode. It's just, they they hit back-to-back. Like, back-to-back. Big projects, man.
0: Huge projects and hugely
1: illegal as soon as they start. (laughs) Yeah, just like I don't want to get too crazy here, but, you know, as citizens, we're supposed to follow certain laws. And, you know, as we get up to organizations as high up as the CIA, you know, they can they can bend the laws do what they kind of want to as we get into this. Right. Which we're hoping that they bend them to benefit us. Right? Yes.
0: <laughs> if they're going to. That's the hopes. Yeah. So let's learn a little bit about this. There's a lot to this topic. So we're going to try to take it piece by piece. Okay. So they were formed. Uh, we, They were, we give you what their intention is a little bit there. They want to make these um, interrogations of people um, easier uh with different procedures and drugs and they want to be able to brainwash people okay so uh, i'm going to read a little more about this so the project was a continuation of work begun in world war ii era japanese facilities and nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds the soviet union at this time also contributed greatly to motivating the cia for this project because Uh, there was talk and rumors that um, the Soviets were developing brain uh, perversion techniques. So this kind of fueled the CIA into wanting to create their own program.
1: Yeah, this is fresh off paperclip where like one of the biggest goals was to kind of gain another upper hand on the Soviets at the time. And I feel like this is just a complete continuation of that like we got to match them or get better yeah yeah
0: just like the cold war just like the space race um the soviets are the bad guys and they're doing this so we need to do it too
1: yeah the rivalry isn't pretty crazy
0: yeah yeah just totally fuels the whole thing mm-hmm. so let's get into this a little more so um they decide that they're gonna make their own program focused on mind control And they're continuing this research done by the Nazis. Um, So the Nazis, they were using mescaline in attempts to control minds of people that they were experimenting on in concentration camps. So the CIA is going to do the same thing, except they're going to ramp it up and they're going to start using a brand new drug called LSD. And they purchased large quantities of it from the... Only lab that makes it at the time—it's just invented—called the Sandows Laboratories in Switzerland. Pretty much any of the LSD in the fifties and sixties around that time, uh, there's a good chance that it came through the CIA.
1: Yeah, and you know, I'm pretty sure most of us are familiar with LSD nowadays, but it was pretty new, right, at this time period. It was, it was, we. There needs to be more testing, more research, and I guess the CIA thought at the time that this was possibly a big break. Yeah, imagine a brand-new
0: drug, but there's no internet. Yeah. So, like, nobody
1: knows what this is. Yeah, it's such a weird time. We're so used to having Google and all this BS we have now. Right, yeah. We, We know what's
0: going on around the world, but back then, I mean, all you had was the newspaper and, you know. That was about it? hmm Radio? <laughs> Gotta love the good radio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the CIA, they're like, hey, we found this LSD. Let's see what it does. So the project, it's when it starts, it's not MK Ultra. It starts out as a smaller pro- project called Operation Artichoke. It then evolves into a project called Bluebird, uh, the name Bluebird for the idea of making a target sing like a bird creative once again just like paperclip <laughs> right but they're just mind control programs that they also got their information from divisions of the army the navy the air force and the fbi um in addition the scope of the project uh let's see it's outlined in 1952 um outlined is can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation. That's the outline of the original project.
1: That's a hell of a quote, man. Yeah, that's crazy. So You can, you can definitely read into that more. I feel like it's kind of a read-between-the-lines kind of quote. Yeah, I feel like it says it all. They're it's pretty weird, dude.
0: It's weird, but you can see how the CIA would want something like this? Yeah. Uh, so let's go on a little more. So once project, once it evolves into MK Ultra and it gets underway in 53, uh, the experiments included administering LSD to mental patients, to prisoners, drug addicts, and prostitutes. Uh, this is their quote. Uh, they gave it to people who could not fight back. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, pretty messed up. And in one case, they even administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 consecutive days. This is administering these drugs to people against their will, by the way. Yeah. So they forced this guy to take LSD for 174 straight
1: days, which I'm assuming just fried him, fried his mind. Yeah, not only did they force it, he probably didn't even know what was going in his body. Like, Yeah, most likely. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. They also administered LSD to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, and other government agents and members of the general public God. to study their reactions. These experiments were both um, both the person was aware, and sometimes they were totally unaware. Uh, the aim was to find drugs that would bring out deep confessions or wipe a subject's mind clean and program them as a robot agent this is where the idea of a Manchurian candidate comes from uh, they wanted, basically wanted to be able to wipe someone's mind and reprogram them to do whatever they needed them to do and to not even know it
1: yeah it's uh, pretty crazy I'm going to pull a Tom O'Neill quote, I believe we credit him a little more, his quote was they wanted robotic human spies whose minds they could control which flows right into what you were saying, like just complete just do what you're told, no morals no even thinking about it just pretty insane man
0: yeah, making a robot let's get into this project some more let's start talking about our main guy Sydney Gottlieb so uh, Project Bluebird um, let's go back a little when Project Bluebird was already under is when Gottlieb is brought on board that that program had experimented with special interrogation techniques on captured prisoners overseas at uh, black sites like Camp King Fort Clayton in Villa Shuster so these are pretty oversee um prisons that basically they can do whatever they want there's no laws over there restricting them so you can assume
1: that what they're doing is pretty wicked yeah some guantanamo bay type type stuff here
0: yeah so there's they're starting now to use drugs i think at this time was more of the mescaline but they're trying to break the person's uh ego um they're basically trying to control them. I think they probably used other interrogation torture techniques,
1: but um, we don't have all the details. Yeah, there's I there's a bunch of different techniques that were used over time. Just completely just horrible. Like Yeah. As we get into this you'll find that yeah. this there's so many
0: sub projects that it's there's so much going on that it's amazing. There's basically any way that you think of they could have tried it. They had some program trying it. Yeah, pretty much. Ed. Right. No more delaying it. Let's get back into it, man. Okay, so back at these black sites, they they were experimenting, but they're bringing on Sidney Gottlieb because, as they're admitting, that they lacked any scientific knowledge and obedience of what they're doing. So they're kind of just free balling it over here and they decide hey let's bring on Sidney gottlieb an actual scientist and let's make this a little more scientific so after getting him through his training he quickly gets named chief of the newly formed chemical division of the technical services staff then on august 20th 1951 duels the uh, head of the cia at the time uh, he orders Project Bluebird to be expanded and centralized. And then he re at this time is when it's renamed to Project Artichoke. And this is Gottlieb, Sidney Gottlieb just totally s- takes over from here. He steals the show, man. He duels gives him this project and he starts running with it. So let's see, let's move on a little bit. Okay, so Duels and Gottlieb, they both believed that there was a way to influence and control a human mind that could lead to global mastery. Whatever global mastery means, that's what they thought. Yeah. Um, and they also wanted a truth serum, uh, something that had been investigated during the days of the OSS, but it was never figured out. So Gottlieb starts conducting experiments. He's starting out with THC. With cocaine, with heroin, and mescaline. All the good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you could find before <laughs> realizing <laughs> They tried it. Yeah, yeah. They're trying it all. And then finally they get to LSD, which is brand new, hasn't really been tested. And this is kind of where Gottlieb grabs onto it. And they're like, this is our drug. Yeah. Yeah. He tries it for himself, and then he decides to just accelerate the experiments and the agency using it.
1: I kind of, you know, I guess I respect him in a way for trying it. But, like, God, man, just what is to come after this is just insane. Right. He's kind of a G for trying it out, though. He just popped that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, did, he took it himself. He had no
0: problem. He had no problem trying these drugs himself. Um, that's the kind of guy we got here. So, uh, let's see. After months of experimenting on agents and prisoners... Uh, he was unsatisfied and he sought help from special operations divisions at Detrick. With this agreement, the CIA acquired the knowledge and facilities of the Army to develop bioweapons suited for the CIA. Then on April 13th, 1953, MK Ultra was formally approved. We're finally at MK Ultra yep. with Sydney as director, um, and he's starting the program off with lsd administering lsd and other hallucinogenic jug, hallucinogenic drugs to unwitting subjects and finance psychiatric research and development of quote techniques that would crush the human psyche to the point that it would admit anything end quote does that sound like good intentions to you nick well if it's all for the good of the the good old USA, then absolutely. <laughs>
1: that's a hell of a quote, man. I didn't, I didn't see that one. That is a, that's straight to the point, man. Well, like, let's
0: let's also remember that we're coming out of World War Two. Yeah, true. You know, there's some crazy things to give them a little benefit out. Crazy things in the world had happened. World War One, they thought that was it. Then World War Two, that was even worse. And now everyone's worried about the yeah. Soviets and everyone's their psychic sketched. experiments. So it's like. We're just at this time where everything is just ramped up.
1: Yeah, no, everyone's definitely riled. Everyone's on edge for sure, totally.
0: And this guy, he's he's definitely going to do whatever it takes to find a mind control yes. truck. Whatever
1: it takes, one hundred percent.
0: Okay, so we got to the start. Uh, we're finally at MK Ultra. We got where it's going. So let's uh, let's get into what happens right when the program gets started. So. Sydney uh, decides to employ someone named Frank Olson, who was a bacteriologist and biological warfare scientist, and had already worked for the United States Army Biological Warfare Labs at this Camp Detrick in Maryland. Seems like a good candidate, so yes. Sydney grabs him, gets him a part of the program. So, as part of MK Ultra, um, Olson would travel to sometimes travel to Germany witness interrogation sessions there in some of their secret prisons where sometimes the victims would die from trauma um, from the tactics they were using Um, sounds pretty rough yeah yeah pretty rough pretty harsh stuff people are dying already um let's see uh he was the kind of guy who if uh we used biological weapons in the korean war being a bacteriologists and biological warfare scientists uh he would have known about it um which is just a little side note to know about him because he had knowledge that uh we wouldn't want to get out right the cia didn't want to get out Mm -hmm. so that's his i kind of jumped there but he had the background there um he's part of these super illegal um investigations they're doing torturing people but uh he's fitting right in at
1: mk ultra yeah he he definitely fits the criteria he's experienced he's been involved with i guess in my words a lot of messed up shit and he definitely like you said he fits the criteria he he didn't, yeah this is all the par for the course Gottlieb. this is probably exactly how the kind of guy
0: Gottlieb wanted and what he liked. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get into what happens to him. So they have this semi-monthly retreat for all the guys in MK Ultra at the time. Uh, let's see that this specific one was scheduled um, at a cabin at Deep Creek Lake for Wednesday, November eighteenth to Friday, November twentieth, nineteen fifty three. So they get there on Wednesday. Then on Thursday evening around 730, Sydney decides to dose everyone with LSD without them knowing. God. Um, Olsen uh, feels disoriented. He gets all mixed up about what he's doing. You know, all these people dying in these camps and all the crazy stuff he could possibly know about the Korean War and biological warfares that we
1: probably used, but we still don't know yeah maybe he gets like a reality check yeah so
0: now he starts feeling all mixed up and (laughs) incompetent and he's not so sure about his job anymore
1: and this is the guy that sydney recruited right no one is safe when it comes to getting dosed
0: yeah and let me just say that he has a good reaction to lsd i mean uh it's making him realize that he needs to change what he's doing yeah it actually had a good effect for someone huh i i think it does for most people just for some reason it didn't for sydney yes. because for some reason he's super twisted I don't yes so um let's see so then on tuesday november 24th olsen goes to work but he unexpectedly returns home accompanied by a co-worker john stubbs um Olson explains Stubbs' presence to his family, saying they're afraid I might hurt you, saying that they're afraid that he might hurt his own family. Um, and then Olsen informs his wife that he, agree, he agreed to undergo psychiatric treatment. And then that day, um, he's flown out to New York to speak to a CIA medical doctor who supposedly had worked with Olsen before. So he's messed up right now. Yeah. He's not doing good. And this all seems really weird and fishy. Yeah. It seemed like he just wanted to like
1: quit the CIA. Yeah. And then he's flying out. Yeah. He's he's still messed up and he's getting on a plane and
0: yeah. And this guy's following him or accompanying him to his house. It's kind of seems like it's, you know, I'm reading into it here, obviously, but it seems very forced. He's like, they're afraid I might hurt you. I'm gonna go get psychiatric treatment. Uh, yeah, it doesn't
1: doesn't seem like his words.
0: Yeah, even though he was he was just ready to like quit his job. Yeah, now this is happening. So they fly him out there, and then I guess this same guy is staying at a hotel room with him. And at 2 a.m. on the morning of Saturday, November 28th, in '53, uh, Olson falls out of this uh, hotel room and just plummets to his death in the street
1: i guess he's on a, a pretty high floor in this hotel i would assume
0: i'm assuming so yeah. yeah
1: um let's see the night
0: manager of the hotel runs out i guess olsen tried to mumble something to him but I, I guess it never got out he died yeah shortly after um years later the same manager recalls uh he this is him speaking He said, in all my years in the hotel business, I never encountered a case where someone got up in the middle of the night, ran across a dark room in his underwear, avoiding two beds, and dove through a closed window
1: with the shade and curtains drawn. So I guess we're kind of getting more into the kind of conspiracy, like diving into it kind of thing here where it's said he committed suicide, but... Who really knows the full picture, right?
0: Right. Let's, uh, we, we do know a little more about what happened, though. So, uh, years later, uh, more about MKUltra comes out in the Rockefeller Commission, uh, which uncovers kind of what the CIA was doing. That's how we know about it. And the family then decides to sue the agency over Olson's death. Um, and they get a settlement. They get $750,000, which is about $3.8 million, million in their time. Yeah, inflation's a bitch, huh? Yeah. Not only did they get the money, but they got a personal apology from President Ford and CIA Director William Colby. Weird. So they never admitted that they did it, but they totally paid these guys a whole bunch of money
1: and apologized. I mean, if it if it if he was the one that did it, why would they owe them any money? You know, like I I guess they still
0: know that their director, Sidney Gottlieb, dosed him with LSD. So (laughs) even if they didn't kill him, they, I guess, still had to admit that they contributed to his psychiatric meltdown.
1: Yeah, I honestly that's that's honestly more than I thought they would do. It's honestly kind of surprising they gave him a settlement, to be honest.
0: Yeah, there must have been, it must have been very well documented when yeah. it came out. Yeah, um, So this is just the beginning of this project. So
1: Yeah, we're Vander still go. in the 50s here.
0: Yeah, the, the project just gets going. So, so far, we, what do we got? Let's have a little recap. We've got um, Ill- illegal prisons, black site prisons, where they're torturing people and they're killing people, mm-hmm. um, giving people LSD without them knowing. And we also had other drugs that were tried before that, too. Other drugs. And then now we've bumped up to LSD. Uh, uh, I just want to reiterate, without someone knowing. hmm And we've got a death so far. A death and possible assassination. Yes. So, off to a great start. <laughs> All right. But it's just getting going. So, let's talk about Operation Midnight Climax. This is the height of MK Ultra's. <laughs> Uh, they uh, let me just read about it. So in 54, Sydney establishes Operation Midnight con- Climax, a subproject for MK Ultra headed by George White. And who's George White? Well, he's a narcotics agent and can, and now a CIA consultant. So who I guess if you're gonna give people LSD, why not have someone who deals with narcotics? I
1: guess they're picking up the right people they need so far.
0: Yeah, and this is this is right after this is fifty-four, this is right after Olson died. So they're like, Yeah, we don't need a scientist, let's go with a narcotics agent. And Operation Midnight Climax, which yeah, the names kinda says it all. So in this operation, they set up several brothels uh, within agency safe houses in San Francisco. Um, The object was to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. So they're going to get prostitutes to bring in men and they're going to dose them with LSD and see what it does to them. And the idea is that uh, they won't tell anyone that they've been dosed with something because they were picking up a prostitute. So yeah. who are
1: they going to talk to? If you're going to the cops and, you know, they got to know the who, what, where, when, why's, you're not going to be able to tell them where you were at, who you were with. Like, you're not going to go to the cops after this. Right, right. And let's talk about this
0: um, this setup. So in this uh, safe house or <laughs> brothel, uh, George, he sets himself up a two-way mirror where he can— He can watch the prostitutes and the guys in the rooms, uh, sets himself up a little portable toilet there and a martini bar so he can, you know, go to the bathroom if he needs to and uh, stay well lubricated and uh, totally scientifically uh, study what's going on in the rooms. Right,
1: dude, I just I think about science and I think about, you know, white lab coats and like, dude, this is just not. This is not science. This is not sanitary. This is just This
0: is the Wild West. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. And this George White, from what I found
0: out about him, he is a total cowboy from the sounds of it. It sounds like he's the kind of guy who... Narcotics agent who was a narcotics agent because he just loved
1: narcotics. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I totally. I totally agree with you on that.
0: Yeah. So... Not only was he administering people LSD, but he was definitely taking it himself and other drugs and drinking the whole time and totally using the prostitutes for himself, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely read about that to where they would—at they at least he, he would get his use out of them whenever he wanted. And Yeah, him and the other CIA agents. Also, just to put on top of this, a lot of these women were not compensated with any money or— Health care or any of your normal means. And another thing I read too a lot of, or not a lot, but some of those prostitutes that were chosen were women from prisons.
0: Yeah? Well, yeah. I, I read here that they were given $100 for each dude they brought. Oh, well, oh, total compensation right there, dude. I think that was pretty good back in the day. <laughs> but but the the real thing was they were also given um, passes for if they got yes, arrested in yes, the future.
1: That that was one of the main things. Yes, that was— I, thi- I think that was their biggest compensation. Yeah, that was one of their biggest payments was, hey, here's, here's the Monopoly get-out-of-jail-free card.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're helping the CIA. So, hey, get a little money, <laughs> get-out-of-jail-free— totally good deal right yeah uh so let's see the prostitutes were instructed in the use of postcoital questioning to investigate whether the victims could be convinced to involuntary involuntarily reveal secrets and it seems like after sex uh was the best time that guys would give up secrets And this seems to be, like, the only real thing that they discovered, which is not really that great of a discovery. Uh, The drugs didn't seem to really make the guys give up any secrets. But when the prostitutes stuck around after sex and took an interest in them, that would loosen their lips. Something that they probably should have already known, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty well known. Yeah, like... No real breakthrough there. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, if a good-looking woman likes me, I might talk to her. Yeah. Should have started there, man. <laughs> so, this is their whole giant operation. Everything has led up to Operation Midnight Climax. And it, it ran for a while. And just this whole time, they're just banging prostitutes, doing drugs, and... Bringing random dudes up here and just dosing them with LSD and and just seeing what happens.
1: As far as I know, not much was discovered from that, correct?
0: No, not much was discovered. Yeah, they
1: didn't get real. They didn't get any breakthroughs. It was... I mean, it's kind of what you would imagine it to be.
0: Yeah, well, the whole thing was not scientific at <laughs> no, all not no. that you
1: know even if they found anything it's not like it would be like scientifically yeah useful. it wouldn't be well it i probably probably wasn't well documented either i mean oh come
0: on dude except for that uh george white would uh record some of the sex sessions oh my god dude um that and, was about the only real he, documentation they the did he was the narcotics agent he was the narcotics agent that and, was recruited and, by the cia he was a consultant yes okay And I got a quote from him about the whole experience here that's great. Uh, This is him speaking. He says, I, George White, I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and blessing of the
1: all-highest? End quote. That's George White. Pretty self. I mean, just. Kind of a POS person. Yep.
0: You can totally imagine what happened there. So that's their giant operation. Um, it's a part of it. That's that's a part of it, yes. And it was a... a they dumped a lot of funding into that one. <laughs> that's hilarious to think about, dude. I guess it takes a lot of money to keep a house and drugs and prostitutes on hand. Shit, man. So <laughs> uh, let's move on to another... Project, um, there there were I don't know if we explained this well, but there were many subprojects under MK Ultra. That was just one. So here's here is a another one. This one actually is allegedly one. Um, a lot of things were destroyed, so a lot of there's no yes. true evidence here, but a lot of people think that this was one, and it makes sense. It totally fits the bill. So. Not only did they have um, these crazy operations like Operation Midnight Climax, but they also uh, had operations inside of different colleges where they would conduct uh, less, um, let's say, less volatile experiments. Still pretty bad, but yeah, still pretty bad, but uh, not quite as crazy and probably a little more scientific than that one was where in the colleges they would have actual like scientists and actual like psychologists who can look at things so one of these or one that is believed to be was called the harvard human experiments and those went from 1959 to 1962 and the reason we're going to talk about this is because it ties in with someone a very high profile person so let's let's get into this so in 19 uh Forty-seven, uh, Henry Murray gets into Harvard as a chief researcher, and he establishes this experiment. From the from the duration of this experiment, it's he's responsible for. How do I word this? It was extremely unethical experiment uh, in which he used twenty-two Harvard undergraduate undergraduates as research subjects. Among other experiments, it sought to measure individuals' responses to extreme stress. So the unwilling undergraduates were submitted to what Murray called vehement, uh, sweeping, and personally abusive attacks. So this is his experiment. This is the Harvard Human Experiment. Uh, Henry Murray, the, the scientist and researcher, decides that they are just going to abuse people. And see what happens to their see what happens to them. So they would tailor this abuse specifically to each person's ego and ideas and beliefs, and they would just try to just verbally break you down. So the whole point of this, the each session, this was multiple sessions, by the way. This wasn't just one. So over the course of many sessions, they would just try to destroy you um, mentally.
1: And is this where we? We hear things being said over and over and over again.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it involved um, recordings. Um, I think there was sessions with a person, and then there was also sessions where you would just hear a recording.
1: Yes, and they would say, you know, just an example, uh, like, your family hates you. No one likes you. Blah, blah, blah. And it would— Yeah, they would something say super that
0: negative like over
1: that. Over and over. Just on a loop it, for hours. Yeah hours so
0: one of the people here um was 17 year olds at the time was ted kaczynski uh the name if it doesn't ring a bell he was would later on become the unabomber he's infamously known as the unabomber he that was a domestic terrorist who targeted uh, targeted academics and technologists for 17 years he would there were these random bombings that would kill people or destroy property it was at the time it was pretty uh crazy pretty nerve-wracking for people mm-hmm. um but the reason that this uh we're bringing this up is because it's believed that this him being in this experiment is part of what made him the Unibomber. this is kind of planting the seed in essence maybe right all this abuse and um he was a genius yeah and then he's undergoing all this abuse and i believe at one point he tried to get out of the
1: experiment and uh they made him stay in they it kept
0: him in there yeah they kept him in it
1: god that's uh, so even uh, you know if if we got to think there's you know when there's smoke there's fire when there's one person wanting out i'm assuming that multiple people want it out
0: i who who would want to be a part
1: of that yeah experiment? like i
0: I can see getting into it, but once you find out, like that's what they're doing yeah. to you, who who would want to stay? Yeah.
1: Wh- what's the point, man?
0: Yeah, it's torture. So, let's talk about Kaczynski a little bit. So, um, it's kind of crazy. Just like a side note, I wanted to say about him is I wanted to give a little bit of his manifesto because at the time Kaczynski was just considered crazy. Yeah. But his uh his ideas they're very interesting. Just, to, just on the side note to talk about. Yeah, I agree, um, man. Because that was kind of at, at the end. He finally got his manifesto published. Um, that's what he wanted. Um, so they did they did release it. And here's a little bit about what it says. These are his ideas. He says, The Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Um, he writes that technology has had a destabilizing effect on society has made life unfulfilling and has caused widespread psychological suffering. Kaczynski argues that most people spend their time engaged in useless pursuits because of technological advances. Um, He calls these surrogate activities, wherein people strive towards artificial goals, including scientific work, consumption of entertainment, political activism, and following sports teams. He predicts, that further technological advances will lead to extensive human genetic engineering and that human beings will be adjusted to meet the needs of social systems rather than vice versa. Kaczynski states that technological progress can be stopped, in contrast to the viewpoint of people who, he says, understand technology's negative effect yet passively accept technology
1: as inevitable he calls for a return to primitive lifestyles. You know, and uh, this is a little off topic, but I think this can kind of resonate with people nowadays with, you know, the rise of just social media in general. And I think a lot of people would agree that it has negative effects in some ways on people. And he was super ahead of the curve. And obviously this quote wasn't aligned with, you know, Instagram and Facebook and what we have today, but... I think it reflects pretty well, man. Yeah, and I want to reiterate
0: we don't believe that this justifies bombings. No,
1: of course not. Of course not.
0: But it is interesting. It's um he doesn't sound wrong. He sounds very ahead of his time. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel this nowadays. It, but at the time when this came out, he was just considered crazy. It's yeah. it's amazing uh the
1: insight in his words actually. Yeah, hindsight's 2020, man. You look back and it's like You know, he was crazy, but maybe some of the things he was saying wasn't that
0: crazy. Yeah, you could see how in his mind he was justified, like, saving the human race. Um, I do want to say that you can see that his viewpoint about it is all negative. Yes. Very, very negative. Like, yeah, what he's saying is true, but he only has the negative viewpoint of it.
1: very pessimistic on the subject.
0: Right, which... He did undergo experiments that were
1: enforcing negative ideas, right? You know, and I guess if this is true, which, I mean, I it seems pretty legit. I mean, I don't blame him.
0: Yeah. um, You can see how maybe somebody who thinks these things, if they have, like, negative ideas, like, super reinforced on their brain, it might make it way worse, right?
1: Yeah, and we'll get into another candidate later, but— MK Ultra created some freaking insane people.
0: Right. Right. So this one again not we don't have a legitimate proof, any legitimate proof that it was part of MK Ultra, but it's very very similar. Yeah. It fits the bill. It's in the right time frame. It very likely could have been, but so much was destroyed we don't know.
1: Yeah, like th- like you said, there's only so much information we still have left, but with right. the dotted lines we still have left, we can kind of, you know, connect them together and try to come together with a legit just one story. But right. we'll probably never know.
0: Probably not. Sure. Probably not. Probably most of the people who were a part of it are gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move on to... Another interesting person.
1: This is the candidate I was talking about just a second ago.
0: Yeah, so this one, again, this is another one that we don't know for sure if it was part of MK Ultra, but there is a lot more uh, speculative, uh, there's a lot more evidence around it being close to it. Um, there's a lot of evidence that this person was very, he was in the right places and very close to people within the project. Yeah. And there's there's a little more to it when we get into it. So who are we talking about? We're going to talk about Charles Manson. Um, and uh, Jake brought up earlier Tom O'Neill. Yeah. So Tom O'Neill has this book called Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA and the Secret History of the 60s and in it O'Neill goes through he is extremely thorough and he goes through a, a lot of this so when he started researching this he was just looking into Manson he had no idea what MK Ultra was and then he, he starts it, it just sort of like he starts pulling threads and the thing just starts unraveling it, it, yeah
1: it just brought, it, just to get it out of the way big shout out to Tom O'Neill.
0: yeah great great work we if you're interested in this definitely get his book it's mm-hmm. amazing very thorough so, let's get into this, what what he has found and, and what we know about it. So, in 67, uh, Manson had spent most of uh, his life in prison for um, a myriad of different crimes, including raping a boy. Um, and following his parole that year from California's uh, Terminal Island Prison, Manson uh, then makes his way to San Francisco. So, in the Bay Area now... Uh, Manson's inglorious life path takes this crazy, bizarre, bizarre turn. He intersects with four different CIA funded uh, drug research studies. Um, That's, again, where the evidence is is kind of um, out there. But we know for sure two of those have been confirmed. Mm-hmm. so two two of those cia funded drug research studies he definitely was participated in but we think there was four
1: yeah the other two are a little wishy-washy but two 100 percent.
0: yeah so then uh let's see manson's parole officer a berkeley uh doctoral student named roger smith was part of a federally funded program researching LSD and drug use among San Francisco's population. Does that not sound like MK Ultra? Yeah. Sounds exactly like it. Unless were there multiple? Yeah. Who else has programs? their hands on LSD? Uh, I'm I'm sure that it was just another program under the same umbrella, right? Just, Makes got, more sense, we, right?
1: We got into two before how they had so many different subsects, like programs under programs.
0: Yeah. So this is his parole officer. Um, Let's see. His position as a parole officer allowed Smith to provide an element of immunity to his unwitting research subjects. Although he had the power to send Manson back to prison for violating the terms of his parole, Smith never reported the cult leader's numerous infractions. Thus Manson remained free and hooked on drugs. So Manson was arrested multiple times and For any one of those violating his parole, he should not have been let out. But for some reason, Manson was continually let out. And this is something Tom O'Neill points out in his book very well, that it was known. um, It was known amongst the, the, the police, the law enforcement agencies at that time that Manson wasn't supposed to be touched. So when he was arrested, he was let go. And, you know, the biggest question is why? Right. Why? And anyone who knows anything about Manson knows that he literally brainwashed people to commit murder. Mhm.
1: Uh, and so he basically yeah. did exactly what MK Ultra was trying to do. This literally falls perfectly in line with one of the main goals of MK Ultra.
0: Yeah, and somehow got his hands on all kinds of LSD. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, who knows how, who who did he get it from? I I guess we'll never know.
0: Yeah. We'll never know, but all the ties we can seem infer. to point that he either he just somehow randomly just got let out of prison a bunch of times and did exactly what the CIA was trying to do, or he was part of the program, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously it's BS, but hypothetically, if they weren't connected, <laughs> just you know, I it's yeah, that'd be funny, It'd be that, interesting. that would be hilarious. The whole CIA is trying. <laughs>
0: to brainwash people. In this one guy. And they have they have no success. <laughs> they totally fail at doing it, but one degenerate dude does exactly what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. Obviously, we're pointing to the fact that he was a part of this at some point.
0: Yes, he definitely had help. He was yes. definitely part of some of the programs. Yes. So this is our glorious CIA at work. Um Let's, let's go back again, because the story gets deep. It just gets layer and layer and layer. So uh, they start out. They torture people, give them drugs. Um, they recruit a guy, kill him, then possibly create the Unabomber, and then possibly, most likely, created Charles Manson, who created a cult and ruined tons of people's lives and killed Sharon. Too. And
1: they created a whorehouse that oh yes <laughs> yeah. and ran
0: a very that was probably the most successful part they they ran a very good whorehouse I guess it, maybe it was profitable yeah hey hey <laughs> say what you want about the CIA they have quality whorehouses <laughs> yeah. where you will get dosed with LSD yeah. which to a lot of people would be a bonus yeah, yeah for some people <laughs> great be time a Good time yeah and their prostitutes will stick around and take an interest in you afterwards <sighs> are uh, your tax dollars at work people yeah <laughs> um let's see there's a little more uh here's another thing they did we mentioned their their secret detention camps a little bit earlier uh in germany well they weren't just in germany they were in other areas under american control in the 50s they were in europe east asia uh mostly japan like we said germany and the philippines and in here they would capture people suspected of being enemy agents um labeled them expendable and would torture them to death
1: and I guess I'll touch on one more thing, too, that I I saw a little bit about it, was the Allen Memorial Institute, and this was something yes. that took place in Canada. Uh, Real so, close to home. Yeah, he was saying those other countries where we had other shit going on, but not only was it in the United States, we had something going on in Canada, and uh, as far as I could find, uh, a lot of people in this institute were – mentally ill people, mainly what I could find was schizophrenia patients and approximately 80 patients were experimented on. And not only would they be dosed with LSD, they would be put into a coma like states. And this is where the electroshock stuff that Nick was just talking about a second ago comes into effect that when they were put into a coma, they would be shocked horribly and the accounts that I could see and just clips or just the mm-hmm. stuff I could find, like it was disgusting how vi- violently bodies would shake and just like the depth of like, if you want to look into right. it a little more, like it, lo- it looks like the soul wants to escape the body in a way. like
0: I th- Yeah, I think I think the idea there was that they were going to take these mentally ill people because they were expendable. Yes. That's how the CIA would label them. And they would start by putting them in a coma and then they would start shocking them. So the idea was, is they were going to erase your idea of who you were
1: And th- that, that picks up to the point of the robotic. Yeah. It, and the, so that they can then program them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, I guess something I wrote down here that the bodies would shake intensely during the shocks. It looks horrifying. Who really knows what they felt? Right. You know, it, did they feel nothing? I guess possibly, but... Doubt it. I, I just imagine someone being trapped in their own head and not being able to do anything about it. Right.
0: I remember reading about that, and I know that there was at least one person who, when she got out, had, like, no recollection of who she was. She didn't recognize her family and basically just never functioned as a human being again. She Her, her whole life was completely destroyed in that project. Yeah, it... As I'm far sure not know, the only person. Yeah, there, there's a
1: few accounts of those. Of, I believe me and you watched a BBC video about it mm-hmm. of uh, these daughters or sons talking about either their fathers or mothers coming home, and there is just they are just broken fractions of the person they were. They, yeah, they're just like zombies. Just good people that got taken. Into this program unwillingly, and came back home, and they're just not themselves anymore.
0: Right, and just never the same again.
1: But I, you know, I this just touches the surface on how many families were destroyed, and you know, my heart goes out to all those people. Right, it's it, it's disgusting what they did. I guess to what and, we
0: know yeah. of what they did, because so much of it was yeah. destroyed, and
1: that's it doesn't get declassified until what oh01. Uh seventies. Oh, the seventies okay. I think is and when then,
0: it, Yeah. I think that's uh when the Rockefeller Commission comes out and some of it comes to light. And I, I think there was
1: more Yeah, there was more later. Uh more later through uh
0: Freedom of Information Acts Yes. that yes. some people have gotten um certain things out um i have one of them here kind of a funny note about yeah. one of these this is a funny note. there's a lot there's a lot to find and to read through them and some of them they're like hundreds of pages long but one of them i printed up here um this is uh project mk ultra the cia's program of research and behavioral modification nice way of saying it <laughs> um this was the joint hearing before the select committee on intelligence and the Subcommittee on Health and Scientific Research of the Committee on Human Resources, United States Senate, 95th Congress, 1st Session, August 3rd,
1: 1977. I know that's a mouthful, but I think that's pretty important to note because yeah. y'all can go find this if you want to. You can. There is a lot of information here. And if you really want to deep dive into it, you can read through a lot of this and find some weird stuff like Nick's about to go through here. You can totally read through it. That was just the title page, by the way.
0: (laughs) Um, And this is just one of them, but they're all, you can find them on the internet through Freedom of Information Act. CIA.gov has tons of these, but there's other Google websites that point you to uh, specific ones that are more helpful. But this one, I'm not going to get into what's in it, but it's really interesting. I want to just mention that a person on the
1: Senate committee on this, uh one of them was Joe biden it's you know and it's just weird it's like uh, that's it's a good thing for us to point out just because it can resonate with y'all because he is our current president of the United States, and he is in these papers yep
0: uh not as uh not as anyone incriminating, no by the cool. way, just as someone that's helped bringing it to light, yeah. No, which it, it's it was just a funny thing that popped out at me when I was reading through this. one. I was like, "Oh man, Joe Biden was part of this."
1: Yeah, it was just a little fun fact. We thought it was cool to just throw it in there for right. you. Right. He might know some things about MK Ultra, <laughs> if he remembers. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, literally, Sleepy Joe, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, so I think we've covered MK Ultra pretty good. Uh, what it did, how it started, what it did. Let's talk about how it ended. So, it had a great run, right? So, <laughs> in '73, amid a government-wide panic caused by Watergate, uh, wow. CIA Director Richard Helms orders MK Ultra files destroyed. Probably a good move, yeah, for him. For him, yes. Uh, not for actual goodness, but uh, says pursuant to this order, most CIA documents regarding the project were destroyed. Making a full investigation of MK Ultra impossible, Um, a cache of some twenty thousand documents survived his purge. However, because because why? Because uh, they were stored in financial records and they were
1: labeled wrong. (laughs) So it it this is another thing that connects back to Paperclip, where if we don't have something that is not filed correctly, we would have even less information than we already have. Right. So, you know, now we have
0: computers, so this probably will never happen again. But back then, this stuff was stuck in file cabinets. Yeah. And some person, some clerk, probably someone making minimum wage, doesn't give a crap. Yeah, they misfiled probably. Yeah, probably just shoved them on a random shelf just to get them out of the way.
1: And that's the only reason we know anything about this. So thank you for God. that. It just goes to show how, at least back then, how unorganized like some things really were, you know?
0: right and then luckily those documents were there and in 77 you know in the senate hearings joe biden went through them and we know everything about them now <laughs> imagine imagine <laughs>
1: hey, yeah uh, anyways like i i really hope y'all enjoyed this is oh we're not done yet we're we got a little more to talk about thanks so? okay so
0: then um 77 state where were we okay then in uh in those in the 70s when these hearings are going on gottlieb testified before the church committee uh under an alias uh joseph schneider um and in his testimony uh he doesn't say much about the program but he does admit that he destroyed some of the files great uh never brought to any justice uh never any repercussions for his actions Uh, but I guess at least we know that he definitely was someone who destroyed the files.
1: God. And another thing that connects back into our paperclip episode where some of these people were never tried. Oh yeah. They totally all got away with it. They didn't face any real repercussions for their heinous acts. Yep. Like
0: I, but Hey, if you're doing it for uncle Sam, it's okay. (laughs) You get a pass.
1: You can totally murder and torture people. It's, it's just the the ways they went about it, you know, I'm assuming so much is destroyed. Who right. knows what the full extent that this happened. But just with the information we know, it's pretty freaking crazy, man. And I'm excited. The whole thing I, was off the rails. I'm excited that we did get this much. At least we got something, yeah. you know.
0: I want to do something with this one. So, now that we've gone through, we've talked about all the facts, right? Um, And and some... And some speculative things. Uh, Let's put on our tinfoil hats now. So, according to all of this, the CIA did all of this and basically accomplished nothing. So, on the record, they say that everything was unsuccessful. Um, they, They never found a true serum they never created a maturian candidate they never achieved any level of mind control the best that they got was this their crazy narcotics officer uh in the whore who ran a whorehouse that got some women to like loosen a few lips mm-hmm. that's on the record that's all that that's they all have they want to say and i would say that the cia if i'm putting my tinfoil hat on on the record of course they're going to say that right of course but we do know that Manton seemed to have some success at this, so maybe if I'm being conspiratorial minded here, I'm not saying this is fact, I'm saying maybe, maybe they did have some success,
1: and uh, it was part of everything that was destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would have to assume you would think that this being started in the 50s or even maybe being theorized in the late 40s whenever this came about for it to go on for over 20 years you would assume something some things were found like
0: you would you would think right how do they keep getting funding and how how do they have so many different sub projects there's a ton of money thrown at this thing and and it was pumped into it for years so someone had to find something right i mean not only were there these weird Um, operations going on but there was legitimate studies done in colleges too on on different um, on the effects of lsd on people willingly yeah and and unwillingly well yeah but i'm saying there were actually some legitimate studies yeah there was some there were some legitimate ones that people knew that were more scientific and then there was other just psychological studies where they were just digging into the psyche of people so maybe they did find some some tricks or they did find some ways to sort of um, break someone down
1: psychologically and we'll, we'll just never know and i guess to go more tinfoily hattie tinfoily <laughs> maybe some of those ways are still used today right we'd never know right yeah How, you know we're just dumb citizens <laughs> i guess that's what they would want us
0: to think huh <laughs> right okay well that's that's my thoughts on it
1: um you got anything you want to add to it jake You know, I I don't really have too much to add other than this is one of my favorite, like, just, like, real CIA conspiracy freaking kind of things here, and it is just a rabbit hole. Yeah,
0: we've only touched on the main things. There's tons—this thing spiderwebs into all kinds of of subjects. If you wanted to dig into it deeper— it gets way out there. People basically tie MK Ultra into any conspiracy you can think of. Yeah,
1: and just the fact personally, I believe that Manson was involved with it. y'all can obviously make your own opinion, but right. To me, it, it, it makes too much sense. To me, it makes so much sense that it all the all the dots yes. align. like I personally think Manson was involved and I feel very sure. And if about I had to put money well. on it, he was given the LSD from the CIA. Or,
0: right? I think I found a quote somewhere that said that like most of the LSD at that time came through the LSD. It y- came through came through the CIA. That yeah,
1: was. yeah. And I just, I mean, maybe he made it himself. I don't see him doing that, but I doubt Manson was a chemist. <laughs> I yeah. I I think he he obtained it through a CIA informant or whoever was connected with him, and there was a goal to fuck shit up. Yeah, and I think, you know how. I think he was definitely given some um,
0: ideas on how to control someone psychologically.
1: You have to have a way with words to do that kind of thing. And it seems like he had a way with words if he was able to manipulate, you know, mostly women into, you know, murder. Like, the the crime of all crimes. Like, what really trumps murder? There's definitely a pattern to these things. Uh, I
0: know some people tie the conspiracy into Jim Jones also. You know, that's another rabbit hole. But... These are the ones that we'd find more the most compelling. Yeah. This is kind of this is just a good overview for you, but if you find it interesting, we definitely recommend Tom O'Neill's book yeah. first and foremost. And definitely look into it yourself. There's there's so much to learn about it.
1: And if you can if you can look on the uh, declassified papers. Oh yeah, there's so much yeah, to there, dig it, into it, there. It's hard to read and A lot of it probably isn't that satisfactory but i guarantee you there's some weird stuff in there you can find
0: right all right guys well i think we covered mk ultra pretty good i think we're ready to wrap it up for the week this has been jake and this is red thanks for listening have a good one